This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian perspective on the news. It's uh, time to connect with Dr. Peter Hammond, who's very happy to be without a mask today, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. Good morning, Brad. And here we are in the middle of a powerful here in Pines, but I'm very glad that at least uh, not all your cell phone works, yeah. that I can be able to <laughs> communicate with you here. Because, yes, um, I'm sure that a lot of people are very happy with the fact that we've got the end of this uh, mask mandate madness um, after two and a quarter years. Hmm. Um, I'm sure many people feel very happy about it, although I'm sure others will want to continue to wear their masks because they feel safer or they've been programmed that way. And, um, nevertheless, it's uh, uh, incredible and interesting how we can see people who've been major promoters of this, such as Bill Gates. Um, distancing themselves now from a whole lot of things. And here's Bill Gates saying recently, you know, his experts misinformed him about the severity of the coronavirus and that uh, if he had known that it wasn't as lethal as it was, he wouldn't have been promoting And He had no idea um, that uh, the vaccines could have so many adverse effects and um, it, and also just how bad it's, it's uh, been that, in fact, uh, there's, uh, the, the risks of taking the vaccine uh, were so high that uh, he would never have supported mandatory vaccines if he had known. And sure. so there's a whole lot of backpedaling going on from people now that uh, the narrative's falling apart and uh, studies are coming in. And so many healthy athletes are falling over and dying on the field, having heart attacks and seizures, uh, Olympic swimmers um, drowning, needing to be rescued in the middle of a swimming pool, things like this. People have been forced to have a vaccine who have had adverse effects, and there's always going to be adverse effects for some things. There's no such thing as a one cure fits all. And that's why in uh, medicine, uh, consent has always been essential. And so going to an area of mandatory has never been a good idea. In fact, I think if we can learn anything from what we've just been going through with the whole uh, COVID narrative and the uh, salvation by vaccination, mandatory masking and lockdowns, which have crippled so many businesses mm. and millions of people's lives have been badly impacted uh, economically, emotionally, socially, morally, spiritually, closing of churches, so many things like that. I would hope that people would, again, just take a long, deep breath and look around and recognize why over the centuries uh, many great wise people have insisted on bills of rights, like Magna Carta and uh, English Bill of Rights and Bill of Rights, even in our own constitution, that no lawyer, if it violates freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of opinion, freedom of worship, freedom of religion, all of these different essential freedoms for society should never be violated or suspended, no matter what the excuse or pretext at that time. Politicians and others can always find a crisis to justify why they need to suspend people's rights. But 
At the end of it, we often find it's built on incomplete information or outright lies, exaggerations, fabrications, and in many cases, just a, a hunger for power. And uh, it's, it's extremely dangerous to ever have a situation where anybody can just arbitrarily ride roughshod over a person's rights and to think that we have not just businesses closed, clubs closed, churches closed, and, uh, and also this business of um, everyone's got to wear a mask inside and outside and even children. And the studies have shown that they actually didn't make any difference um, except making people a lot sicker. So uh, the first basic requirement for good health is, is fresh air. Um, there's five basic requirements for good health. The first is fresh air. The second is clean water. The third is healthy food. The fourth is regular exercise. And the fifth is a positive attitude. And uh, these things are really um, suppressed and crushed under the lockdowns and uh, when people weren't even allowed to go out and exercise for the first five weeks and mm. all this. Next thing was, you could only go out between six in the morning and nine <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. And then you've got this rush hour of people trying to get some exercise. And you know, why? And uh, if, if it's important not to crowd, why do they at the airports have this bizarre thing of shutting every door except one and co- compressing everyone through single entrances. I mean, you can't pick people up at the uh, drop-and-goes and so on. No, you've got to go through a, a narrow little parkade where there's massive parking problems. Anyone who's trying to pick up anyone or travel through Cape Town National Airport will have noticed how this has got to be the most counterproductive way of dealing with it. And, and Johannesburg Airport's even worse, where they crush everyone to one parkade where it's like a Nigerian um, um, market. Uh, up there where you, there's no way you can uh, avoid being crushed with all the people. Whereas in the past, with all the doors open, it was a lot healthier. It makes no sense. So many of the rules they made. But as far as the masks go, there's no science to show that they even helped, mm. um, uh, except making people sicker, because, of course, breathing fresh air is pretty critical. And what it's done to the emotional health of young kids, especially those who've joined school in the last two, two and a half years, and all they know is wearing masks. Uh, you know, what does this do to the emotional well-being of, of youngsters who can't see the face of the teacher or their friends and not allowed to play with their friends and not allowed to sit to them during lunch and you know, all the different bizarre rules? Mm. Well, uh, there was no science behind it. Now that the science is coming out, the studies, it shows that the places that had those countries that had severe lockdowns did worse than the places that had no lockdowns. Mm. And Sweden did much better which had no lockdowns in Spain and Britain, which had very severe lockdowns. And um, the other thing is the countries that had virtually no vaccinations, such as Africa, where something in the region of less than 6% of Africa got vaccinated. And yet places like Uganda and Kenya are doing so much better, um, Tanzania and others, as in the countries that did have lots of vaccinations. It seems the more vaccinations, such as in Israel, um, the higher the rate of infections and deaths. And the complications from the vaccinations in many cases exceeded that of the actual virus. And it and really makes things mandatory. So I would hope at this point, as we've finally come to what I call the masquerade madness, um, I would hope that a lot of people realize we mustn't be panicked, stampeded, or bullied uh, by politicians or, uh, or medical talents or anyone else for that matter into doing things that is against our common sense or our good judgment. And uh, mandatory vaccinations or mandatory lockdowns or mandatory masks is not a good idea. If there's a medical crisis, tell people about the risks. 
and let them make up their own decisions. Yeah. And considering that, well, I grew up in a country where malaria, tick bite fever, and um, Bohazi were, were normal. And we, we, it didn't stop us going outside. It didn't stop us swimming in the dams. Mm. There were risks, but we took the risks. And, uh, and then we got the test and we got uh, the treatments. And um, I must say, as somebody who's had every variant of COVID, um, because I didn't stop my ministry, so we, we still got them all, and recovered. And, um, and someone who's had Bohazi, tick bite fever, and malaria, that um, <laughs> COVID was far milder. Wow than any of the other things that I've gotten in the course of my mission work, that we don't stop living. And life is full of risks. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And therefore, um, I would hope that we um, repent where we have been judging our neighbors for not doing this and you know, Where's your mask? And a most mm. uncharitable uh, screaming at our neighbors for things that were really not necessary, and, and it's a pity when the media panics us against our best judgments and against our Christian teaching of loving our neighbor and being kind and charitable and all the rest of it. Um, on another level, it seems perhaps a lot of what's been going on under this uh, COVID cult for the last year, two and a quarter years um, has been a distraction from other extremely serious things like uh, state capture, uh, where the reports have been presented and Although it took four years to investigate, um, these under commissioners made it clear that uh, only certain aspects of state capture on national provincial level was even looked at, and only the tip of the icebergs being uncovered, and that it would actually take 10 years to do a thorough job. And so what we've got is incomplete, but the most important thing is the consequences, the actions, what is done to deal with it. According to the African Union Task Force on Corruption, Something in the region of 32% of the gross domestic product, the GDP of Africa, is stolen by government corruption every year. A third of the GDP. That's just colossal. That's 10 times more than all the foreign aid combined. And so who needs foreign aid? If you can just deal with uh, corruption, uh, if you could just eradicate corruption by 10%, which is not much, um, and that would be equal to all the foreign aid combined. So really what we need here is an understanding that God hates robbery, and God hates unjust weights and measures, and uh, God loves honest weights and honest measures when it comes to currency. The Bible speaks of weights and measures. We need to hate evil, love justice, do good in the gates. We are meant to be ensuring that justice flows on like a river and righteousness like a never failing stream. So at this point, I think um, it's always good for us to look back at 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive the sin, and I will heal the land. We want God to heal our land. Therefore, we need to humble ourselves, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. As always, a pleasure having you on the program on a Friday. Here's to a great day and a peaceful weekend. Thank you so much, Brad. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.